Welcome to the Equipers Church Budapest podcast. We hope today's message will encourage and inspire you. For more information, check equiperschurch.au. Welcome everyone. So happy to see all of you here. Um, I want to actually start by this question as Martha was sharing her testimony. Who else has a healing testimony from this last week? I felt there's like people here that actually have experienced divine healing this last week. Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah, awesome. Maybe just like lift up your hand. We want to just give glory to God for that. Yes. Anybody else? Yes. There's some amazing. Another hand. All right. All right. Yeah. And I just want to stir your faith that, yeah, God is he's going to heal people tonight. I truly believe that. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Let's 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 appreciate the band. Come on, let's appreciate the band. Wow, awesome. Um, and I, I do want to say a special welcome to um, to the group from the Czech Republic uh, tonight. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, thank you so much for being here. And uh, we just pray you guys uh, are blessed tonight and you leave with just a fresh inspiration to carry Jesus. Uh, maybe some of you don't, do not know, but Czech Republic is probably the most atheistic nation in Europe. But there is a fresh move of God in the young generation and we're believing for that. We're believing for breakthroughs in your life and your ministries. Come on. All right, so uh, friends, we're going to finish the series uh, tonight. Uh, the series called We is Bigger Than Me. Uh, we've been uh, preaching and teaching and talking about this for uh, quite a few weeks. And I'm going to wrap up this series tonight. And uh, the simple title for this particular message tonight is The Power of the Local Church. Um, I'm a pastor. <laughs> As a pastor, I have to say I love the local church. Uh, but I don't say that just because I'm a pastor. I think God loves the local church. And some, you know, sometimes we use it as a cliché. That the local church is the, is the hope of this world. Now, we know Jesus is the hope of this world. But actually we are a tangible expression of Jesus. We are a tangible expression of the body of Christ. So we are here as a local church by God's design. And I want to teach tonight a little bit about uh, just the power of who we are as the local church together. And there is many ways to approach this, but one of the beautiful ways as, a way, as an introduction, I want to say in the book of Revelation, uh, in the beginning there is uh, seven uh, churches in Asia that uh, God is sending messages to. I wonder what God would say to Equipers Budapest tonight. Seven letters. Uh, and actually the picture there is that God is walking among seven lampstands. And the church is depicted or illustrated as a lampstand. Imagine, imagine lampstand is a collection of candles. And uh, the idea is that together we shine better. Each of us, we are individual candles, individual flames. Now this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. There's some oldies here. But together, it's not just this little light of mine. Together, we are just one powerful lighthouse. 
That is the power of the local church. Together, we really shine big. And this world needs a lighthouse. Downtown Budapest. Somebody should be excited. So I love the local church as messy as it is. I love the local church. And as a pastor, I love the smell of the sheep. I think we should have a picture here. I love the smell of the sheep. I love the smell of the sheep. I'm talking about you guys. I'm talking about you guys. I love the smell of the juice or the odorant tonight. <laughs> In other words, church work is often messy. Local church is often messy. Uh, and the thing is because we all bring our stuff into the church. We all bring our past. We all bring our experiences. We all bring our hurts, our wounds, our disappointments. And it can get messy sometimes. But I love being in an environment God is actually changing lives. And I want to say that we all are on a transformation journey. You know, you may not be where you need to be, but you also are not where you used to be. Can you turn to your neighbor and tell him, hey, I'm different. I've changed. I'm a new guy. I'm a new person. God has done a work inside of me. I've been transformed. And hey, that's good. I love being in an environment where God is changing lives. And I mean, I've known some of you for, you know, a few weeks. I've known some of you for many years. And I love the transformation story. Just, to, just picking off my son a little bit. Um, Toby got saved, I think, when he was nine or ten. Um, and uh, I think a week after, the teacher called us to come to the classroom. And, you know, when the teacher calls you as a parent, it means you're in trouble. But this is what she told us. She said, how did you threaten your son? <laughs> We're like, what? what? And she, she actually, the teacher testified that Toby changed. And the only thing we could think of is he gave his life to Jesus. And I love being in the environment where God is changing lives, where God is transforming people. So yes, we all bring our stuff. Yeah, there is a special smell with the sheep. <laughs> but I love the environment where God is changing people. Can you give an amen? amen? Beautiful, beautiful. Well, church is a miracle, guys. Uh, you know, the fact that church has been here for centuries is a miracle. The enemy wanted to destroy church so many times. And also the fact that we are here together in the same room, that is a miracle as well. 23 nations in one house. Only God can do that. We didn't grow up together. I wish we did. Uh, we are people from different backgrounds, different pasts. Different likes, different characteristics, different ideas, different education, different ethnicity, different race, different culture. But we are in the same house. The church of Jesus Christ. A local church. We are different personalities. We like different music. We dress up differently. All right. Uh, we eat different food. I'm not in my case. I eat any food. 
But there is something that connects us. Uh, it's not uh, what we like or it's not our background. There is something that connects us. You know, when we are taking the communion tonight, you know, uh, bread and wine or rather bread and juice. I just had this fresh encounter. Yes, this is what Jesus did. We're connected by the cross. We all met under the cross of Jesus. That is our meeting point. That's why we are in the same room together. Because we all met under the cross of Jesus. That is your meeting point. Can you be excited about that? Somebody, come on. We all met at the cross. That is our meeting point. So, yeah, we may have come from different backgrounds. And we probably would not maybe go to the same class or to the same club. But we met under the cross. So we are... His followers. And you know what's funny? Uh, the, the funny thing is that we start to look like Him. You know, as we're transformed into His image, we start to look like Him. And, and the funny thing is that because of that, I see my Father in you. You look like my siblings. That's a scary thought. We must be family. So there's a couple of scriptures I'm going to bring as I preach tonight. The first one is Ephesians chapter 2, verses 13 and 19. This is what it says. But now in Christ. Can you say this with me? But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. By the blood of Christ. And so then you are no longer strangers or aliens. That's a good thing you're not an alien. But you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. I love this. But now in Christ, you know, we are not, we are, we are not strangers anymore. God has done a beautiful thing. We, he has connected us. We met at the foot of the cross. And we are now brothers and sisters. We're siblings. We're family guys. Uh, there is another scripture in Matthew 16, 18, uh, and uh, it simply says, I will build my church. That's what Jesus says. I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So the point in this passage is that church is actually God's idea. It's not the church planter's idea. We just had the church planting conference Saturday, and I love the church planting uh, phenomena, you know, uh, but actually the real church planter, that's Jesus himself. He is the ultimate church planter. Uh, but there is a, a, the word for church in the Greek language is actually quite powerful. It's called, it's ecclesia. And it, uh, the literal meaning of that word would be those who are called out. Uh, it could be also translated as uh, an assembly or a gathering. In the old days, it was actually a civic term or a civil, secular term. It was an institution. Um, uh, and Jesus is taking a secular word. He's not using uh, the picture of the synagogue or the temple. He's using a secular term uh, to describe this new phenomena called the church. Ecclesia would be the ruling assembly in the Greek city. Um, and, and later in, uh, 
in the, in the Roman era, ecclesia would be the local expressions of Rome all over the world. In other words, where two or three Romans would meet anywhere in the world, they would be the ecclesia. And so Jesus is using this powerful phenomena, saying that uh, what he is building will be like, you know, those communities of the kingdom of heaven meeting all across the planet, expressing who God is, representing him as his ambassadors. So the church is a prototype of God's kingdom, represents the kingdom to the society and transforms the society by his message. So that is sort of like the definition of who we are as the church, Ecclesia. Now we uh, also, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a bit of a teaching before I kind of do a bit of a preaching here. So just bear, bear this with me. We understand that there is what we call the universal church. And then there is something what we call the local church. Now the universal church is all followers of Jesus. Those who accepted him, his new birth, in all places at all times. All right, that is the universal church. Every believer in every place in all times. Impossible to count. One day, we're going to meet them in front of the throne of God. Everybody, the saints of all ages, all times and all places, all geographical locations, we're all going to meet before, before the Lamb. And we're going to bow down and worship Him. I'm looking for, that's the moment I'm living for. That's going to be massive. But then there's the local church. And the local church, it's those people from the ecclesia that you meet together, grow together with, celebrate Jesus together with, and fulfill his mission together with. So we don't just have that vague, global, universal uh, version of the church. We also have a tangible, family-like version of the church. Now, see, most of us, we have no problem with the universal church. I really love my brothers in Fiji. Because I never meet them. <laughs> they never cause any pain. They never push my buttons. I love them. Did I say I love you? I, I love them. I really love them. I, not once did I have to forgive them. <laughs> but the local church. Oh, my. Some of you really push my buttons. We often, you know, have no problem of loving. That was a joke, by the way. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, so, there, you know, there's people praying, Jesus, when, when this person is in heaven, let him be in the opposite corner. <laughs> so most of the time we have no problem with the universal church, but with the local church. We have an issue. Now, let me make it a bit more personal, guys. I'm going to put it frankly here. Why uh, do I need a local church? Just a few reasons. Uh, first of all, you are incomplete without it. See, the Bible talks about the church as being a body, a, uh, an organism. And without the local church, you are just an amputated part of the body. Just lying on the sidewalk. Imagine this arm just 
trying to survive on the sidewalk, amputated from the body. An organ that is not connected to the body will not survive. So you need the, the local church because without it, you are incomplete, right? Another reason is uh, without a local church, it's very hard to grow. I'd say it's impossible to really grow. We are meant to grow together. You know, we talked about discipleship yesterday in the conference intensively. And my definition of discipleship is this. Discipleship is a process of transformation or a journey of transformation that happens in a community. We grow together as a family, as siblings, as a family. We grow together. Iron sharpens iron. This is what the Bible says, right? Uh, the local church is also a support structure. And if you don't have it, then it's missing in your life. See, it's, it's very hard to rescue others if the local church is not uh, securing you. It's, there is this story, I sometimes mention a story of a flood in this one village. Uh, the, the river banks were overflowing and uh, all of a sudden somebody uh, rang the bell because this little boy fell into the river. So the villagers quickly came to the banks of the river, but, but nobody was willing to jump into the stream because the current was really powerful. And finally, this courageous man, he wrapped um, a, 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 uh, you know, a string, a powerful, what do you call it, a, a rope around himself and he... He like threw the rope to the crowd and he started, he, he started swimming and he came to the little boy and he got hold of the little boy. That was really courageous. And then he waved to the crowd like, you can pull now. Only to realize nobody was holding the rope. It was so tragic. Nobody is holding the rope. And you know, sometimes we want to, you know, rescue people who are drowning in the current while nobody is holding the rope. That is the idea of like, yeah, I want to do the work for God, but is somebody holding my rope? The local church is the family that is there, like, you know, they're praying for you. They see your life. You're accountable to them and they're holding your rope. They are the support structure. So, uh, yeah, that's like a cliche. The local church is the hope of the world. And I think it has been said already tonight. We as a church, we are just a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Jesus Christ. This is like a mantra here. And we've said it many times, but let's say this together. We are just a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Jesus Christ. We're just a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Jesus Christ. We're just, we're just friends. They're like, come on. Together we can make it. Together we can fulfill our mission. We're brothers. So uh, in, the, in the second part of uh, this message tonight, I want to identify uh, the mission, uh, the phenomena of uh, who we are as the church and what is our mission. Four, four points who we are. Here is number one. We are a spiritual community. Okay, that is the arrow going up. We are a spiritual community. Now that is our first and foremost mission. Who is our first and foremost mission? It's God. 
We've been created to worship God. The reason why we are in this city, first of all, before everything else, is you know what? That's from the downtown of Budapest. There will be worship coming to the throne. That is our first mission. Before we go and rescue people, before we do anything else, our first mission is that Jesus would receive praise from Budapest, from here, because He is worthy. So come on, church. That is why we do this. Our first mission is God. The first purpose of our existence is God. We live, we exist as a church to worship Him. Somebody should say like, yeah. Amen. We live to glorify Him. Worship is our lifestyle. It's not just what we do on Sunday when we come here. It is a lifestyle. It is what we breathe. It is what we communicate. It's something we carry. We carry the presence of God. Um, one of the famous preachers uh, said this. He said, uh, mission exists because worship doesn't. So you know, God is worthy to receive praise and worship from every corner of this planet. And because he's not receiving that, that is why mission exists. We do missions or mission because God is worthy of worship. And the plan is that all of the nations of the earth will be worshiping him. That's why we do mission. Worship exists because, us, yeah, mission exists because worship doesn't. And that is why we do it. We, worship is our nature, our lifestyle. We carry His presence. You know, in the Old Testament, we see the Israelites going through the desert. And they were camping. Two, imagine two million people camping. With no toy toys. Well, let's not go into that. But, you know, they were camping around a, a pillar of the glory of God. A pillar, a fire cloud. It was the pre a tangible, visible presence of God in their midst. And wherever the presence moved, they would camp. They would follow and they would make their camping there. That is the nature of the people of God. We camp around the presence of God. We live here for the presence of God. We could have all of the, um, all of the fun stuff. We, all the bells and whistles. We could have all of the, the beautiful music and lights and, and uh, the cakes. Did I say the cakes? Help me, Jesus. And the coffee. I love these pastor, uh, pastor shirts. You know, love Jesus and I love coffee. It's like... We could have all of that. But if the presence of God is missing, what's the point? We... The first thing, the first mission is God. Um, His presence is what distinguishes us. So, friends, uh, we do not, we, we do not, we do not uh, need to be weird. <laughs> but we need the presence of God. That is our first thing. And uh, that is why uh, the first picture of, uh, of the church in the Bible that we see is the bride. The bride of Christ. Now, I will never forget the day when I got married. I was freaking out. Martha was enjoying the show. I was freaking out. I was like, oh, what am I getting myself into? 
I, I froze. But then I said, I do. And we made covenant together. And somehow it was like the emotion and the peace and just the, you know, the glory descended on me. Man, that was beautiful. Now, for Jesus, we are the bride. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry, guys. But the girls, uh, sometimes we call them, you know, sons of God. So, <laughs> For Jesus, it's all about intimacy and covenant with the bride. So church, that is, that is the first reason for our existence. Intimacy, worship. We're here for God. That is, that is our first thing. We're a spiritual community. Ready for the second one? Yes. One person is. We are a relational community. We are a relational community. So we also have a mission to one another. Now, if you read the Bible in the Greek, the expression one another is, is used... Uh, uh, in 94 New Testament verses. It's a, it's a big thing in the New Testament. The one another scriptures. We should love one another. Accept one another. Forgive one another. Serve one another. There's a lot of verbs. We have a mission to one another. We have a calling to one another. You know, We are not called to uh, do life alone. We have, we, we have a calling to do stuff with one another and and so this is another picture that the bible is using the first one was the bride the second one is a body we are not called to live in isolation or in some kind of a solitary confinement you know in the old days if someone wanted to follow jesus it meant they go to a monastery or a convent you become a monk but that is not the mission. Our mission is a body. We are connected to one another. Can you say this with me? One another. One another. We're connected to one another. So friends, uh, we are a body. And uh, as I said before, that means that without one another, we are incomplete. We are called to be fully integrated. Like organs connected to one another. Members connected to one another. You know, you may be the strongest arm, you know, with mega biceps, some of you men. But if you are severe from the rest of the body, you will not survive. And I just want to say that as a pastor that this church needs you. It's not because uh, the church wants to use you, but you are an important part of the body. You are a needed part, a needed organ, a needed member of the body. And you all can bring huge contribution. Your gifts, your talents, your presence, your encouragement, your resource. We all need one another for the kingdom of God. All right? So the first one is we are a spiritual community. The second one, we are a relational community. Number three, we are a missional community. We are a missional community. So... So, in other words, we have a mission to the rest of the planet. In our case, to Budapest, to this city. We have a mission which starts with your neighbor. Uh, 
an English theologian called William Temple, he said, the church exists primarily for the sake of those who are still outside of it. We are the only organization, if we can say it that way, that is here for those who are not in it. That is our mission number three. We are a missional community. So yeah, we have a calling to one another, but it is not an exclusive calling. Yes, we are a family, but we are a family on a mission. I love the story of Abraham in the Bible. They were a family, a big family, but they were, they were always on a journey. They were always heading somewhere. So yes, we are a body, but we are a growing body. If you want to stay in our church, let me bring some bad news. Don't get too comfortable. Because God is always moving us, shifting us, transforming. We are on a journey together. And we have a mission. And like it was said already before, our VIPs are, uh, are not those who give the most. <laughs> I mean, I like those as well. <laughs> Thank you for laughing. <laughs> There's some people that know my humor already. I really appreciate you guys. Our VIPs, they are not here, those that have been here the longest. Although I like those as well. Our VIPs are those who are just like showing up. Like, is Jesus there? Can I find Jesus in this place? You know, the friend who doesn't know Jesus, your friend who doesn't know Jesus yet, that is the VIP in this house. And I'm going to put it this way, as long as we are here, as long as I'm the pastor here, that is the culture. As long as we are here, as long as Jesus keeps us here, that is the culture. Your friends, the visitors, the invited ones, that's the VIPs. So as a missional journey, <clears throat> as a missional community, we gather and then we scatter. We come together and then we live out our mission together. And the picture here is the lampstand. Together we shine brightest. We are a city on a hill. That's what the Bible says. And finally, here is number one. Uh, sorry, number four. Number one was we are a spiritual community. Number two, we are a relational community. Number three, we are a missional community. And here is number four. I love this one. We are a triumphant community. So we have a mission to God. We have a mission to one another. We have a mission to our neighbors. And we also have the mission to the spiritual world. This world is full of darkness. If our eyes were open, we would see there is so much demonic stuff around us. But the church of Jesus Christ has a mission to that. We are declaring and proclaiming the kingdom of God. There is a kingdom of darkness, yes. But hey, still light is stronger and more powerful than the darkness. Amen. So the, and the picture we have here is salt. Jesus said, you are the salt of this earth in Matthew 5, 13. And salt is uh, more powerful than the environment. It actually releases the influence to the environment. It heals, it protects, it preserves. With every gospel proclamation, every sermon we preach... With every praise and worship, 
we are pushing out the kingdom of darkness. And the triumph of the kingdom continues. Come on, church. We have a mission to the darkness. So Ephesians 3.10, and this is my last scripture. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. That is our fourth mission, guys. So let's say this together. Our mission is spiritual. Our mission is relational. Our mission is missional. And then our mission is triumphant as the church. I wonder if we could all stand. Personally, I literally grew up in church. Um, <clears throat> the church address was my address for many years. <laughs> I'm a bit deformed. <laughs> I love the church. Maybe some of you have experienced negative stuff with the church in your past. And I cannot promise that it's not going to happen again. Because we're just sheep. <laughs> we're trying to do our best to follow the ultimate shepherd and we make mistakes. I cannot promise you will not get hurt and disappointed. But there is nothing better than a local church. We are not the perfect one. <clears throat> Definitely. The main reason is because I'm the pastor. The second reason is because you come here. <laughs> but it's still a miracle. It's still the best thing God has. And what I want to do is simply to invite you to be courageous enough to say, yeah, I'm, I'll live this faith lifestyle. I'll be, I'll be a part. I'll play my part. I will belong. And as I close, and we're going to pray in just a second, uh, um, there are actually three next steps that I want to underline. The first one is we do new to church nights. Roughly once a month, we do pizza after church for all of those who, are, who come here for, you know, for a short while. When, when the next one is here, join. The second thing is we do baptisms, which is a powerful declaration of your faith, your personal confession of your faith. When there's the next one, if you haven't been water baptized yet, sign up. The third one is, and it was already mentioned, we do small groups. We call them E groups because the letter E is a big thing in equippers. Yeah. So it's E groups. If you don't have one yet, sign up tonight. Why don't you sign up tonight? Don't live life alone. Journey with us. Plug in. 
And well, I simply want to invite you to just be a part of the family, be a part of the community. And so we're going to pray now, and uh, I have two calls tonight. <clears throat> the first one is, uh, we're going to pray for healing right now. And then there's going to be a ministry team uh, after the closing song. But I felt God say that there are some people here that are experiencing severe neck pain. Some of you came here even tonight suffering in the area of your pain, in, in the area of your neck. I believe God is healing you. He's going to uh, just pour out His healing power on you tonight. And especially when Martha was giving out her testimony, I felt that there is there's some ladies here who have condition in the female organs. And just like Martha experienced the healing in her body, God is going to release faith in you to believe for your own healing. And He's going to touch you. Even tonight, there's ladies here that have been struggling with a similar thing, condition as Martha. God is going to heal you and touch you tonight. I declare that. Uh, then I also felt God say that there are some, some people here that have been sort of living under a shadow of cancer. It may be in your family. It may be even like a diagnosis in your own life. And in Jesus' name, I want to cancel that right now. In your life and in your close environment, in Jesus' name, by faith, we do take authority over that in your life. I felt that there is some people that are, are having skin disease, skin issue, and Jesus is healing that. Here's an interesting one. I felt that as autumn came, fall, this season of the year, for some of you, it like kick-started your depression. And God wants to touch you in that area. It's almost like an annual repeating thing. When fall comes, depression kicks in. And I want to declare just God's intervention in that area of your life in Jesus' name. I also felt that some people here have been struggling recently with intensive loneliness. You felt like you are just going through intensive loneliness. Maybe because your family is so far You've been struggling with that now recently. And God wants to just, just embrace you tonight and encourage you and unleash His love to you. And finally, the last one I felt on my heart is eye condition. There are some people here that have been recently struggling with, eye, with an eye condition, your, your sight. And in Jesus' name, we release healing in all of those. So if that's some of you, just like wherever you are, just reach out to Jesus right now. And so, come on, like... can. If that, is, if that is you, just give him a gesture of faith right now. Re reach out to him. Raise your hand. or reach. Yeah, put, your, put your hands in the air. And receive a touch from God right now in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yeah, so right now we uh, declare that the healing power of God is in the house tonight. We declare that this is a house of miracles even right now. And we cancel any and every plan of the enemy right now in Jesus' name. Neck pain go in the name of Jesus. Condition in the female organs go in the name of Jesus. Cancer be canceled you in the name of Jesus. We, we uh, declare skin issues. 
uh, eye condition to be healed in the name of Jesus. And also depression and loneliness. Right now we declare that the love of Jesus is greater than all of that. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Do you receive it? Amen. Do you receive it by faith tonight?